politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard our liberties anew to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house today at Blaze Media. It is Tuesday, and it is the 80th anniversary of the day that will live on in infamy. The day that spawned and catalyzed a unified, intrepid reaction from every cultural, political, economic institution and individual in America. We were attacked. We lost 3,000 people, almost 3,000 at Pearl Harbor. We understood who the enemy was. We understood what needed to be done. We unified against it. And the rest is history. With God's protection, we were successful in a matter of, um, I mean, really three and a half years. Despite the indefatigable nature of the enemy, truly a dedicated enemy, that was the America of 80 years ago. 80 years later, the enemy is within. The enemy is our own government, an enemy greater than the Islamic threat, even greater than the Chinese threat, although it's kind of the same thing because our government has become a client state of China. They are unleashing a Fourth Reich on us, literally. Unleashed a bioweapon, probably modifying another bioweapon against us. And then the solution is another bioweapon in the form of an injection, in the form of masking our faces, in the form of locking us down, in the form of remdesivir and therapeutics that harm us, make the virus that they originally created worse while blocking any humane treatment for a virus that is no fault of our own but the fault of the people foisting it upon us. And yet you look at the Republican Party and the highest level leaders, starting with Mitch McConnell, they support every element of this and certainly will lift no finger to fight it. This is not going to change on its own. The GOP will not get better on its own. The answer is us. We must foist our will upon them. Otherwise, it will not get better. They will not see it on their own. So we're going to weave together a bunch of different facts today because that's really what it is. Everything I present to you is open source. Once in a while, I'll give color with you know something I'm, I'm hearing or I know firsthand or secondhand about. But it's all out there in the open. It's a matter of the art of politics putting it all together to understand where it's coming from and where it's headed and what we need to do about it. That at its core is the mission of the show. I'm our first sponsor today with seemingly nowhere to go in the world, you might want to consider international. Um, Find out why more people are now retiring in Panama, seniors, veterans. Uh, If you go to buypanamanow.com slash conservative, you can get the American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama uh, from my friends over at International Living. You could actually live on just $24,000 a year there. There's zero income tax. Healthcare is cheap. You could live in luxury for just about 120000 a year. Find out why it's the world's number one wealth protection haven, and you might need that to be a liberty haven at some point if we can't make at least one state worthy of living or retiring in here. Again, go to buypanamanow.com conservative to find out why people are investing in Panama's Pacific Riviera today. So 
I was thinking, it says in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, and he said, meaning God said to Isaiah, Go and say to this people, Indeed you hear, but you do not understand. Indeed you see, but you do not know. This people's heart is becoming fat, and his ears are becoming heavy, and his eyes are becoming sealed, lest he see with his eyes, and hear with his ears, and his heart understand, and he repent, and he be healed. And you wonder, why can't people open their ears, open your eyes, open your hearts? See what's going on. See these these shots don't work. See these shots make the virus work ba- worse, basic uh microbiology 101 they are causing so many damages so many injuries so many deaths they're blocking the treatments that work every treatment they they push doesn't help and you'll understand that the reason they're doing it is because they created it in the first place what is so hard to understand but if you expect those republicans that refuse to open their hearts and eyes and and minds and ears until now, to suddenly open it up, it's not going to happen. We must take it back on our own. As it says in the next verse, Isaiah asked God, until when, O Lord, until when do I have to keep convincing people to understand what's in front of their eyes? And he said, until cities be desolate without inhabitant and houses without people and the ground lies waste and desolate. In other words, People that, until it's become so bad, they still don't want to open their eyes, they're never going to see it until it's too late. Which is why we must take our own destiny in our own hands. I want to discuss a little bit about what's going on in Congress, but really it's emblematic of what goes on in red states where Republicans already have full control, and you'll understand what it portends for the Republicans in the states where... I, I, I mean, federally, where they likely will get control in, in a year or so from now, and why that will not change one iota if we don't change our game. Okay? Mitch McConnell, do you know his pinned tweet on his Twitter account? This is from two and a half months ago. Today, I followed the advice of experts and my doctors and received a booster vaccination. Mountains of evidence tell us these shots are safe and effective. I continue to encourage all Americans to speak with their doctors and get vaccinated. Okay? The sick irony is that the, even their own data, which is fake, show that he should need to get another shot. A fourth one because he's, he's already two and a half months into it. But this is his pinned tweet. This is the consummate issue of the time. We've already studied this. It actually makes you more vulnerable for a month, more vulnerable after four months, and it destroys your body teaching it to constantly produce suboptimal, narrow-spectrum antibodies. It makes the virus so much worse. Because of people like Mitch McConnell, so many people have died from a worse form of this virus. That is ironclad leaky vaccine hypothesis. Maybe if we have time today, we'll read an article from Quantum Magazine in 2018 that discusses this. And now that we started citing it, just yesterday they put up a disclaimer after three years of it being online. Don't use this for COVID vaccines. Those things are very protective against transmission. 
except they're not. Nothing matters anymore. Mitch McConnell, yesterday. So he supports Biden on the consummate issue of our time. What does he feel strongly about? So why is Mitch McConnell there? I strongly condemn the sham trial and the sham sentence that Burma's illegitimate unelected military junta has imposed on Da Aung San Suu Kyi. My full statement here. All he cares about is Burma. And then also McConnell said, he told the Wall Street Journal, that we need to use whatever, we need to supply Ukraine with whatever weapons they think they need to defend themselves from a potential Russian invasion. Ukraine, Burma, this is what he feels strongly about. But when we have a military junta right here in America, the guy doesn't give a darn. In the, when the Western countries are su suspending democracy, you have concentration camps, Howard Springs, Australia. He doesn't say a word about that. So Mitch McConnell is the number one ranking Republican in the country. I want you guys to remember that. And this is what his passion is. This is what keeps his juices flowing. Oh, my gosh. Ukraine and Burma. By the way, he's on the other side of Burma. Because of him, we have all these refugees, these Islamic refugees from there. But no care about what is going on in the Western world. I want you guys to understand this and listen to this. This is a clip that is very important. It's from Auschwitz survivor Marion Tursky, 94 years old. Um, it's a two-minute clip. I want you to listen to it. It's, a, it's a, obviously a simultaneous translation of it. I don't know if it was said in Polish or German. But take a listen to the way he describes the lead-up to Auschwitz. One day, in those early 1930s, you can read an inscription on the benches. Jews must not sit on these benches. You could say, it's unpleasant, it's not fair, it's not right. But after all, there are so many benches around. You can sit somewhere else. Of course you can. There was a swimming pool, and over its door, an inscription read, Jews are forbidden to enter. You could say, well, pleasant this is not, but there are so many places in Berlin where you can take a bath or swim, so many lakes, canals, it's nearly like Venice. At the same time, you can read somewhere else, Jews must not belong to German singing associations. So what? All right, they want to sing, they want to make music. Let them just meet somewhere else, they will do their singing. All right. What comes up later is an order, really more of an order than of an inscription. Non-Aryan children must not play with Aryan children, with the German children. All right, they'll play on their own. And then you read, we only sell bread and food to Jews after 5 p.m. Right, less choice, this makes your life harder. But after all, after 5 p.m. you can still do your shopping. And that's how it is done, step by step, slowly. And they become acquainted with that thought, familiar with the idea that they are different people, that they are alien people, that they are the people that carry germs, that cause pandemics. And this now is a horror. What came later was something that developed immediately. Jews could not get jobs, they could not emigrate. And then, quickly, Jews would be sent to ghettos, to Kaunas, to Riga, to my ghetto. Auschwitz did not fall suddenly from the skies. It was pittering, pattering in all those tiny steps. 
it was approaching until what happened here behind me did happen. So, folks, this is how it's done, step by step, slowly, very slowly. Auschwitz did not fall from the skies. Okay? Now, that would be a warning, like, from last m March. But where we are now, we don't even need that warning. We don't even need that warning. You look at the news everywhere in Italy. They just, the police boarded a bus and, and kicked off someone who didn't have the passport. New Brunswick, Canada, grocery, this is from uh, this Summit News. Grocery stores in New Brunswick, Canada have been given the power to ban unvaccinated people from entering, meaning the unjabbed could be prevented from conducting the essential activity of buying food. Province Health Minister Dorothy Shepard said businesses will be given the option to either enforce physical distancing or check for proof of vaccination. I mean, we are already there, folks. And then in, in America, it's already creeped in to New York City. I mean, they're enforcing it. You know, it's it's not like it's not happening in America. It's just not quite as severe and widespread. So what? We're a little bit behind them. But it will get there. Everything we said wouldn't get there does get there. And one of the reasons why it's like this, why we have a subversive government, we have a subversive Republican Party, we have a subversive fake conservative movement, is because the church has been compromised. A lot of you have been uh, taking my advice and going to enemieswithinthechurch.com to download the DVD now, exposing those who are selling out the evangelical church to postmodernism, uh, social justice, critical race theory, going along with COVID fascism. Uh, Trevor Loudon has produced this terrific film called Enemies Within that really gives you a firm understanding of who and what is behind the bad ideas, bad actors within uh, the evangelical mainstream churches and why in order to get back our country that's got to change. So again, I encourage all of you, anyone who's a Christian or just a patriot, it's very revealing and very, I think, very much lies at the key to taking back the country or at least taking back parts of the country. Go to enemieswithinthechurch.com to download a DVD or purchase the PPV streaming. Uh, send it to your pastor and make sure he is forewarned of what is going to happen. But folks, this is where we are with the Republicans. Nothing is changing. I mean, I have a column out today on, on the mask. We've all forgotten about the mask. It still is enforced at a federal level on Head Start students that are two years old and often spe special needs. A lot of states still have this. I just got an email from someone in Idaho. The Boise School District still has it. So you'll have the big cities within red states still have it. Not a single Republican attorney general has fought the federal mask mandates. Two-year-olds on planes it is more illogical, immoral, inhumane than ever before. I have a piece out in Slovakia. Has the most cases per million per capita in the entire world. It's almost three times as much as our peak in the winter. And they were once praised for their mask mandates. And yet we don't even have red states that have fully blocked it within the state. In fact, most red states have not. Where is this? 
Where, how is this allowed to happen? Mask mandates need to be a completely banned, completely banned, certainly in the schools, certainly fight the federal mandate. But yes, so-called private institutions need to be banned from doing it. I am sorry. But we have so many HR mandates. We have so many ADA OSHA mandates on private businesses. Certainly, we need to ban, ban the one that violates the Nuremberg Code, ban, violates human rights, and did not come about because of the free market. It only came about because of government in the first place. We need to equal the score, level the playing field. We need to ban it completely anywhere. It is inhumane. But it's not being done. If you don't push for that, we will wind up where Australia is by next year. Easily. Blue states will be there in a few months. They're already, you know, pretty close. But anyway, we have the NDAA and the debt ceiling. Two bills coming up that are must-pass bills. So when... When the Democrat has the presidency, and certainly, you know, you only have the ability to block through the filibuster, you know, bills in the Senate, your leverage are really three things. Budget bills, debt ceiling bills, and the the annual defense bill. Okay, those are regarded as the three must-pass bills. Technically, you don't have to pass an NDAA, but it's passed every year since World War II, so it's viewed as, like, must-pass. And McConnell plans on giving away their leverage, supplying the votes for the NDAA and the debt ceiling. While we have the military indoctrinated, crushed, soldiers being thrown out for not getting the poison, and now you have leverage to rectify that in the annual defense bill, and he's giving it away for free. And he's sticking in a debt ceiling increase in the NDAA, too. If you think something's going to change if they win the majorities when they have that leverage next year with the defense bill, you haven't been paying attention for the past 15 years. Mitch McConnell is an enemy of the United States. He is an un-American dirtbag. Mitch McConnell, there, there is not a dime's worth of difference between Joe Biden and his ilk and Mitch McConnell. And yet he is the guy who will be the majority leader waiting for us at the end of the, the light at the end of this tunnel of this upcoming election. You will never fix that Senate if we can't even fix the supermajority trifectas. But we have people like McConnell running the legislative bodies, the committee, the relevant committees in most of these states. We need to focus like a laser beam on the legislative sessions coming up. Demand action. I'm going to be coming out with a list of items that need to be passed in every every state. We need to hound them every day, bring up primary challenges. Those state legislative and gubernatorial state primary challenges matter more than any election in our lifetime. That is the reality. That is where we are. But this, I just wanted you guys to know, this is Mitch McConnell's whole purpose of existence at this point. You know, there's a Spanish study published in the International Journal of Infectious Diseases 
they find a negative effect of the second dose of Pfizer in a significant percentage of individuals with previous COVID infection. So as we predicted, it slides back their immunity. And Mitch McConnell has no, no nuance to his statement. If you want to look it up, International Journal of Infectious Diseases. Again, negative effect of the second dose of BNT162B2 vaccine in a significant percentage of individuals with previous COVID infection. You know, um, Ami Horowitz, no relation to me, pointed this out. Merriam-Webster's dictionary, they now change the definition of anti-vaxxer. That term now includes anyone who opposes vaccines or opposes vaccine mandates. Notice that they have to change everything to accommodate something. If, 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 they were, if they had the truth on their side, why would they need to be doing this? Why? And you look at the scope of injuries. It is truly unbelievable. You know, again, it's not enough to oppose mandates, which McConnell doesn't really even talk about. And he's signing off on all the bills that will help facilitate the mandates. But like I said, this is a violation of the Nuremberg Code. If you're a governor, if you're in a state legislature, you need to block the shots. Because it's all being done, with, or at least you need to expose them to liability. That's the most important thing we can do. Because at this point, even without a full mandate, the mandate is essentially there because of the lack of informed consent. I want to go through some of the latest information on this and what we're seeing and where they're headed with this. But first, very appropriate for what we're talking about, our sponsor today, Bambi, they are basically, basically what they do is give you an HR consultant for just $1,200 a year, whereas it would typically cost you $70,000 a year to hire one. You know, we all hear, oh, you can't tell a private business what to do, but as you well know, everything from labor regs, health regs, minimum wage regs, term wrongful termination suits, right? You, could, you, you can't fire anyone except if they don't get the vaccine. HR can kill your business. Bambi, that's B-A-M-B-E-E. -E. They craft specifically designed HR plans for your small business. Basically, once you sign up with them, it's not like you have some call center. You get a, dead, a dedicated HR manager to craft your HR policy, maintain your compliance, um, deal with onboarding, everything in your small business. It's month-to-month, -month, no hidden fees. You could cancel any time. Um, let Bambi help you get a free HR audit today. So just try it out for free. Go to Bambi.com slash conservative right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash conservative. So what do I want to say here? This guy, um, Metatron, M-E-T-A-T-R-O-N, has a substack, COVID Facts, questioning the narrative. Terrific point he made here. So you're looking at an obscene amount of entries into the VAERS system, 19,000 deaths, you know, almost a million entries at this point in America, and... As we well know, a very small percentage of incidents are put in. I know any, my friends and family, 
that have had them. They were never put into theirs. You know, people just don't do it. And you see that in a matter of one year, even the first few months, we blew out the scope of VAERS entries of all other vaccines put together. Now, some people often suggest, well, you know, we've never given so many vaccines at once, so you've got to look at the denominator. Is that a fair comparison? So this guy on his Substack, this is not America. I would love to do it for America, but he did it for, for Australia. And what he did was he took the information from the from National Center of Immunization Research and Surveillance. And he saw there were between 6 and 7.5 million vaccine doses for influenza, HPV, DTaP, and meningococcal in adolescents and adults each year between 2018 and 2020. So it gives you a pretty good baseline of the denominator. How many shots were were given? And, and and so in other words what he's trying to do is look at adults, right? Because kids, you know, until recently they weren't eligible. So, okay, let's just compare apples and apples. According to our world in data as of November 21st, there were 38 million COVID doses given, COVID shots given in Australia. Okay? So that's more. It is more than adults. I mean, if you look at kids, it's not true. I mean, the amount of shots given to kids is insane. That's all these stupid pediatric appointments are about. So the truth be told, it actually is the same denominator, if not more. But he wanted to compare adults because, you know, kids are recently just compare adults. So, you know, you look and, um, you know, adults are somewhere between five, six times greater, the COVID shots versus the other shots they get in a given year. So he adjusted for that. He adjusted for that. And he found that basically the, re the results were so compelling, it is shocking for anyone to look beyond this. Adverse events following a dose. So for COVID through November 21st, so we still have another five weeks to go, but let's say it's a full year, one in 450. Okay? Looking at the other vaccines adjusted for the same, we're, you know, the same rate. We're not looking at amount. One in 450 of COVID shots. Other years it ran anywhere between one in 8,000 and one in 17,000. So the rate of adverse events was between 18 to 26 times higher. And again, that's a full year. And again, we know the stigma against reporting in America is so bad, you can only imagine in Australia what it's like. And the severity is likely much worse with the heart disorders, the neurological disorders, right? It's likely that it's not just that it's 18 to 26 times higher, but qualitatively most of those reactions with the other shots were much more mild. That is a very stark finding. Very stark finding. But this is where we are, folks. Facts simply don't matter. There's a 100% increase 
and myocarditis hospitalizations in Germany this year. So where are they headed with this? Where are they headed? Well, the CEO of Pfizer just announced that this is Guy Burla. So it's very interesting. He says, it's not good for Omicron to be more transmissible but milder because mutations could arise if it spreads to billions of people. Well, what do you mean this is a mutation? So he says that they're going to have an Omicron shot out. Wait a minute. So he's saying that it's mild like a cold is not good? See, now they can't deny that. Where is this coming from and where is this headed? And why is he not concerned about the current iteration for which he doesn't have a shot against that clearly is much more deadly? Think about that for a moment. Now, folks, I can't guarantee you it won't get worse. The funny thing is he's ironically somewhat parroting Gert Vandenbosch's premonition, but but not in the right way, because he's like, well, once it, it exposed to a lot of people, well, why would it mutate? Well, the answer is because it's exposed to people with his stupid shot that produces suboptimal evolutionary pressure, exerts suboptimal evolutionary pressure on the thing. So who knows? It might have the same problem that Delta had, which started out, out really totally fine and became very problematic. You look right now, right now at the evidence, right now at the evidence that we see. The South African Medical Research Council put out information on all the hospitalizations they're seeing with the uptake of cases. And they said the main observation that we have made over the last two weeks is that the majority of patients in the COVID wards have not been oxygen dependent. SARS-CoV-2 has been an incidental finding in patients that were admitted to the hospital for another medical, surgical, or obstetric reason. A snapshot of 42 patients in the ward on December 2nd reveals that 70% are not oxygen dependent. These patients are saturating well on room air and do not present with any respiratory symptoms. These are the patients that we would call incidental COVID admissions. Um, all are being prescribed steroids and mainstay of therapy. The remaining four patients are on oxygen for other medical reasons. So there's only a few that are on oxygen. They conclude that this is a picture that has not been seen in previous waves. In the beginning of all three previous waves and throughout the course of these waves, there has always only been a sprinkling of patients on room air in the COVID ward, and these patients have usually been in the recovery phase waiting for the resolution of comorbidity prior to dis discharge. The COVID ward was recognizable by the majority of patients being on some form of oxygen supplementation with the incessant sound of high-flow nasal oxygen machines or beeping ventilator alarms. Again, I mean, everyone knows that's the hallmark of a COVID ward, and they're not seeing that now. So what is going on here? Now, we pray to God that it stays this way. But again, the vac if it gets worse, it will be because of the vaccine. Or, I mean, there's many options. Conversely, if Gert Vandenbosch is right and this stays this way and, and Delta is more prone to ADE, this, the vaccine might select for Delta. Okay? Remember that Omicron was likely around for a year already, at least a year, and they're just suddenly noticing it now. Oh, we found another case. It's a joke. It's been around forever. And possibly those could have been a lot of the milder cases. 
So it could be that Omicron won't become dominant because the vaccine will select for the more virulent strain, which is not Omicron. We would hope it's Omicron. That would that would literally end the pandemic. So what are they trying to do here? What do they know that we don't know? Richard Friedland, the CEO of NetCare, South Africa's largest private healthcare network, says that the Omicron variant is so mild that it may signal the end of COVID-19. If in the second and third wave we'd seen these levels of positivity of tests conducted, we would have seen a very significant increases in hospital admissions, and we are not seeing that today. In our primary care clinics, it is mainly people under 30 years old, so I actually think there is a silver lining here, and this may signal the end of COVID-19 with it attenuating itself to such an extent that it's highly contagious but doesn't cause severe disease. That's what happened with the Spanish flu. Again, naturally, that's what should happen, and it should have already happened and probably would have already happened. The question is, is this going to keep it alive? So my theory is they made Omicron, they knew about it, it's been around, and this is like their panic button that they're worried that this only has a short shelf life left even after the ADE, and they have to do something to restart the panic, restart the vaccination, and keep it going. And then again, remember, folks, even if this ends overnight, okay, this ends overnight, There's an article out in The Hill, COVID-19 vaccine creator warns next pandemic could be worse. And and it's not a warning. They're working on creating other pandemics. Dame Sarah Gilbert, who helped create the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine, she said, this will not be the last time a virus threatens our lives and our livelihoods. And I'd like to finish on a high note, but the truth is the next one could be worse. Could be more contagious or more lethal or both. So there we are with that. And she warns that we have to prepare for more fascism. The point is we already have Germany 1939. If you think this is going to go away on its own, if you think the existing political or healthcare players that failed us or downright a part of this are suddenly going to have a change of heart if we present more evidence. It's not going to happen. We need to take the areas where we exert a majority influence and we need the legislative sessions need to be all about COVID fascism. Never again the ability to force jabs. Never again the ability to force masks. Never again the ability to shut down property rights. We need permanent subjection of liability to any shot like this. We need new um, new uh, regulations at a state level of what thresholds need to be passed in order for a state to allow a vaccine when the feds are failing us. You know, it's funny. Newsweek has an article out that more than 70 healthcare workers in Spain tested positive. They all had three shots. They were at a party or something, Christmas party, whatever. And that demonstrates that this mandate in the hospitals is not just immoral, it's backwards. We know that, that it causes more transmission. They, they, they are more, meaning, really, everyone in the hospital has the shot, so what do you care? 
Well, you say, okay, maybe we have a cancer patient or something, couldn't get the shot, even though they're actually forcing it upon them too. But in that case, we all know this doesn't stop transmission, but it actually makes it worse. We should ban the vaccine. You should only have doctors that didn't get it. And certainly ones that already have natural immunity. But yet, in most red states, most if not all major healthcare systems are still requiring it. You're seeing in Florida the biggest healthcare system backed off because the governor means business. We need to make that true in every other state. But folks, it's not going to change on its own. It's a cult. It's a death cult. You know, there's an article at WRIC out of Richmond, Virginia. First COVID-19 vaccine dose saves local teachers' life in a way you wouldn't expect. Be like, oh, what? Basically, they talk about this. This teacher got vaccinated, and after getting her first Moderna shot around the end of January, Tiffany Goodman said the dose triggered an immune response in her body. My upper body just swelled up really badly. I was in a lot of pain. I flew like symptoms. My upper body swelled up. I actually have a family member that had a big lump on her chest for, um, for four months. Her doctor recommended she go for a mammogram, and they found a trace of breast cancer. So basically, here's going to be the thing now. You can't make this stuff up. They're going to say that the shots are so good, they save so many lives because they cause so many systemic problems from all sorts of inflammatory responses, heart responses, that it's going to force you to go to the hospital and you're going to get yourself checked out. And you might even find other things you wouldn't have discovered. Thank God for the clot shots, or more aptly put, the kill shots. It's a sick cult. Everything that comes out is going to be a confirmation bias of what they already believe. It can't get worse than it is, but you know what? Actually, it can. So this is where we are at this stage. It's not going to get better on its own. I promise you that. They're just going to say, look, we need more stuff. And then they'll come up with therapeutics to treat, you know, all the heart elements, things like that. So um, this is the issue. Now, I wanted to get to this point. I promised you I'd mention this. Talk about cults. So one of the interesting things is <clears throat> anytime that we cite something in the past that lends credence to our views from you know prestigious publications, they go back and they force that author to renounce it, put some sort of statement on it. But we got them around the neck on one point that they can't run and can't hide from, but they're doing anyway. And that is the leaky vaccine theorem. See, it's very hard to prove hospitalization rates and critic. You know, they could always say, "Oh, it reduces critical illness and this." And it's a very complicated thing. But the one thing that they can't run and hide from, that is pure daylight, is that there is more transmission associated with more shots, and certainly doesn't stop transmission at all, at all, one iota. Okay, and that even CDC has admitted, they've all admitted to, 
which is why they say you have to continue wearing a mask. No one denies that fact. Okay, it's the spread is worse than it's ever been. Like I said, Slovakia, some of these Central European countries, they now have 2,000 new cases per million per day. America at its peak, at its peak in the winter had 700. Now, some states, you know, if America's a big country, you'll say Slovakia is a small country, so they could get a concentrated spread worse. Um, it is true that some states, you know, were worse than that average, but nothing, not 2,000. I mean, like, the worst counties, forget about state. I just looked at CDC's map. The worst counties in Michigan, Minnesota are maybe 11, 1,200 per day. And their entire country of 5, 6 million, which is greater than, much greater than any of these counties I'm referring to, is, is over 2,000. So you can't miss that. And we know that once you have a leaky vaccine that you agree that it's leaky, well, it's better, you know, it stops some degree of serious illness for some for some period of time, so it's worth getting, right? Well, not if it kills so many people and damages so many people, but even worse than that, it makes the virus worse. When it comes to microbiology, half-baked stuff, everyone knew, knows this, makes it worse. How could you allow that? States and countries need to ban the shots. Just, even, if, even if there was zero adverse events from a personal standpoint, but from the macroepidemiological standpoint, from, from a public policy standpoint, these shots are making it worse and they are killing so many people like we saw with Merrick's chickens. So there's an article in the, immun in the immunology section of Quanta magazine published May 10th, 2018, by Melinda Wenner-Moyer. The title, Vaccines Are Pushing Pathogens to Evolve. Subtitle, Just as Antibiotics Breed, Resistance in Bacteria Vaccines Can Incite Changes That Enable Diseases to Escape Their Control. Researchers are working to head off the evolution of new threats. And, of course, they interview Andrew Reed, that Penn State professor who did the work on the Merrick's leaky chicken vaccine. And um, they note that most people have heard of antibiotic resistance. Vaccine resistance, not so much. That's because drug resistance is a huge problem around the world, kills 25,000 people. Vaccine programs around the globe have been and continue to immensely successfully prevent infections and save lives. So it's like the word vaccine has such – there's no word in the English language that has a more mellifluous connotation than vaccines. Okay, It connotes a cure. So no one even thinks that a vaccine could possibly make things worse. But again, this is from three years ago. Recent, uh, recent research sug suggests, however – that some pathogen populations are adapting in ways that help them survive in a vaccinated world and that these changes come about in a variety of ways. Just as the mammal population exploded after dinosaurs went extinct because a big niche opened up for them, some microbes have swept in to take the place of competitors eliminated by vaccines. Immunization is also making once rare or non-existent genetic variants of pathogens more prevalent, presumably because vaccine-primed antibodies can't as easily recognize and attack shape shifters that look different from vaccine strains. Again, you read this, and it's exactly what is going on. 
It is exactly what is going on. Gert Vandenbosch didn't pull this out of the hat. It's vaccinology, virology, microbiology 101. And they note that vaccines being developed against some of the world's willier pathogens, malaria, HIV, anthrax, are based on strategies that could, according to evolutionary models and lab experiments, encourage pathogens to become even more dangerous. Now, they didn't mention at the time coronavirus was one of them, and that's what we're dealing with today. But just know they are working. It is true. They are working on all those. I would add Ebola is another one. And this, by the way, happened with dengue, dengue fever. Um, exactly like this. So this is the story. Now they note vaccine failures caused by vaccine-induced evolution are different. These drops in vaccine effectiveness are incited by changes in pathogen populations that the vaccines themselves directly cause. Scientists have recently started studying the phenomenon in part because they finally can. Advances in genetic sequences have made it easier to see how microbes change over time. And many such findings have reinforced just how quickly pathogens mutate and evolve in response to environmental cues. Viruses and bacteria change quickly in part because they replicate like mad. Three days after a bird is bitten by a mosquito carrying West Nile virus, one millimeter of its milliliter of its blood contains 100 billion viral particles, roughly the number of stars in the Milky Way. And with each replication comes opportunity for genetic change. When an mRNA, when it, sorry, when an RNA virus replicates, the copying process generates one new error or mutation per 10,000 nucleotides, a mutation rate as much as 100,000 times greater than that found in human DNA. Okay? I want you to think about this as you watch what is going on in front of us. Remember, they, they were thinking about, like, low-scaled experimental vaccines. No one ever envisioned a mass vaccination with several billion doses within less than a year of the leakiest vaccine of all and the narrow-spectrum narrow one of all for a particularly mutation-prone RNA virus. They talk a little bit about pertussis and hepatitis B. And um, they show how experiments and research show this. It's a very detailed article, and I encourage you to see it. But then they note this. Just as pathogens have different ways of infecting and affecting us, the vaccines that scientists develop employ different immunological strategies. Most of the vaccines we get in childhood prevent pathogens from re replicating inside us and thereby also prevent us from transmitting the infections to others. But scientists have so far been unable to make these kinds of sterilizing vaccines for complicated pathogens like HIV, anthrax, and malaria. To conquer these diseases, some researchers have been developing immunizations that prevent disease without actually preventing infections what are called leaky vaccines. And these new vaccines may incite a different and potentially scarier kind of microbial evolution. And by the way, they, they are working on other ones, and they will unleash them on us. Look, listen to this. As you think of all the people you know that were severely 
sick or died from COVID over the last, you know, five, six months or so. And younger and more prevalent than I'm sure you saw before July. Think about this. Virulence as a trait is directly related to replication. The more pathogens that a person's body houses, the sicker that person generally becomes. A high replication rate has evolutionary advantages. More microbes in the body lead to more microbes in the snot or blood or stool, which gives the microbes more chances to infect others, but it also has a cost, as it can kill hosts before they have a chance to pass on the replication. The problem with leaky vaccines, Reed says, as Andrew Reed, is that they enable pathogens to replicate unchecked while also protecting hosts from illness and death, thereby removing the costs associated with increased virulence. Over time, then, in a world of leaky vaccination, a pathogen might evolve to become deadlier to unvaccinated hosts because it can reap the benefits of virulence without the costs, much as Merrick's disease has slowly become more lethal to unvaccinated chickens. The virulence can also cause the vaccine to start failing by causing illness in vaccinated hosts, and that's the next step, what we've seen. Folks, this is nuts! This is written three and a half years ago. This is absolutely crazy. If this all sounds terribly scary, keep a few things in mind. Many pathogens, including measles, do not seem to be evolving. You know, they say measles does it, didn't do that over time. But this one did. They're admitting what? The vaccine does not stop transmission. Number two admission, which you don't need admission, it's in plain, plain sight. The spread is more virulent than ever before. And number three, there's a lot of mutations. So the answer is more leaky vaccines. This is so scary. Vaccines should also bar pathogens from replicating and transmitting inside inoculated hosts. One of the reasons that vaccine resistance is less of a problem than antibiotic resistance, Reed and Kennedy posit, is that antibiotics tend to be given after an infection has already taken hold, when the pathogen population inside the host is already large and genetically diverse. Most vaccines, on the other hand, are administered before infection and limit replication. But the most crucial need right now is for vaccine scientists to recognize the relevance of evolutionary biology to their field. This is an unbelievable article. Now listen to this. I'm going to end with this. Part of the problem, Reed says, is that researchers are afraid. They're nervous to talk about and call attention to potential evolutionary effects because they fear that doing so might fuel more fear and distrust of vaccines by the public, even though the goal is, of course, to ensure long-term vaccine success. Could you think? Could you imagine that this was written three and a half years ago? You cannot raise any concern about a vaccine, even though it's going to make the pathogen worse. Remember, this is not an article about vaccine injury, about autism, about you know all stuff that you know people like uh, RFK Jr. have been uh, accusing the MMR shot of creating. This was about evolutionary pressure that you create through a leaky vaccine. Folks, three and a half years later, we not only have a vaccine, but a reality of six months of its response that take the nightmare that they posited that if we would ever have a leaky vaccine, 
to the nth degree. So we started citing it. I'm not the only one. Yesterday, yesterday, December 6th, at the top of the article, not the bottom, because they want people to see it. After three and a half years of this article being dormant on the internet, they added an editor's note, December 6, 2021. This article from 2018 discusses how leaky vaccines, vaccines that do not reduce viral replication or transmission to others, can, derive the, can drive the pathogens they target to evolve and become more virulent. These concerns do not apply to COVID-19 vaccines because COVID-19 vaccines significantly reduce coronavirus replication and transmission reducing the chance that mutations occur and variants arise. The more people are vaccinated against COVID-19, the less likely it is that dangerous variants will evolve. It is literally, it doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. There's not a single study showing that. Every study that looked at it shows the same transmission, if not more, the same viral load, if not more. The reality of what we're seeing before our eyes sees that all these countries with 100% of adults vaccinated and they have the worst spread ever, it doesn't matter facts don't matter and yet republicans are part of that pseudoscience i'm proud to have not only focused on the right morality the right politics and the right law but the right science as well we're the only ones who are actually following the science we need a political party and movement that will do the same and again you know as we wind down this year i look forward to pushing our agenda in the state legislatures. Sign up at conaction.network for a team. And again, go to sevencells.com, the pharmacy that has um, ivermectin and nitazoxanide. Order yours today. They also have a, a, um, a package deal with ivermectin, nitazoxanide, methylprednisolone, and azithromycin. You could get a prescription for preemptively. Put in promo code Daniel for 20% off. Um, you got to get ahead of this because this is very scary. You know, I pray to God that it's done its damage and now, you know, it will just kind of follow the normal nature of becoming less virulent, but we got to be prepared because nobody else except for God himself is watching out for us. We got to pray. We got to strategize. And most of all, we cannot put our hope in the current Republican Party. Until tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.